everyone. Welcome to another mind-bending edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your co-host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me as always is my dapper co-host, Mr. Christian Redshaw. Christian, who's our guest today? Wow, you're not even going to ask me how I'm doing. You just want to get straight to no. meat and potatoes, right? <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all business today. I can tell that you're alive and well, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, and it's important for the viewers to know that, that we're both doing well. So our guest today is Anthony Green. He is the security engineer at Charter Professional Accountants of BC, and he is an all-around great guy, very relational and uh, very smart. Awesome. We'll uh, we'll take a pause here. We'll bring uh, Anthony on board. We'll have an amazing conversation. So everyone, please stay tuned. Anthony Green, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. All right, so you are a security engineer for Chartered Professional Accountants of BC. What does that mean uh, for us uh, layman business audience here? What, what, uh, what is your role and how did you get involved in cybersecurity? All right, well, let's start with the question about my role. So my role is the cybersecurity engineer, but really I am kind of the point person for cybersecurity at CPABC. So my job isn't always technically engineering like what you would hear, uh, what it would be normally, right? So I've done a lot of um, stuff outside of engineering, like uh, engaging membership on cybersecurity through podcasts, similar like this. Uh, I also uh, work with my manager to create our cybersecurity roadmap and implement lots of cybersecurity technologies. A lot of it is project management of cybersecurity as well. And um, a piece of it is compliance and auditing, since we are a public body and we have to follow laws such as FOIPA, we take credit cards, so PCI, stuff like that. So I understand that you were in retail previously, correct? Yeah, so uh, I started my cybersecurity career at London Drugs. I actually started in hardware support. So I started getting kind of an internship, uh, doing hardware support, fixing computers. Uh, but during that time, I kind of befriended or bugged or, you know, bugged him enough for him to like me, the corporate data security officer at that time. And once I finished my diploma at BCIT in computer information technology, uh, he decided to take me on with a security analyst internship to see uh, how it would go. And I ended up staying there for about two and a half years until I got a great opportunity uh, to be a security engineer at CPABC. That's amazing. I, 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 love, I always love hearing people's origins uh, stories, especially how they got into the cybersecurity space. Thank you for sharing that, Anthony. And um, something which we were chatting about um, before we started uh, recording was talking again about, you know, uh, at least high level, maybe best practices or basic security hygiene. A lot of people still don't know about. So maybe starting on, on the consumer side of things, what are some basic cyber hygiene steps that you know everyday people should 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 be thinking about, even with stuff like their online banking? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, from CPA works with a lot of financial organizations, and something that we've uh, recently been seeing is financial organizations now using multi-factor authentication, and there's different types of forms of multi-factor authentication, right there. There's the kind of the basic, I would say, is the one where they ask you for your uh, security question as well as your password. And then it gets into SMS type uh, 2FA. And then ideally, you have token 
uh, multi-factor authentication where you actually have an app that gives you a token and you actually have to type in that token uh, with your password as well. Uh, just to, curious on your thoughts here, you know, I, I know often hearing from a lot of European friends that you know, online banking there has had multi-factor for, for years, you know, and here in, in Canada, you know, Still, it's not widespread. I certainly know with, with all the financial institutions I use, none of them have multi-factor authentication. Is that just because is that because of different, um, I guess, aspects or approaches to security and privacy? You know, is that something that we'll just keep seeing a bit more common practice here in Canada? I think so. I think a lot of it is also because the Canadian government isn't necessarily imposing a lot of security laws the way they are in Europe or you know in other places, but we are kind of starting to see that with the CCPA uh, recently that came in. Um, so I think that actually within the next five years, we are going to start seeing laws like that, especially more for consumer protection. I think that eventually some, there will be some kind of law that says if you're taking consumer data, you're going to, you need to have some minimum safeguards, right? Similar to how, um, well, PCI DSS is pretty much um, Visa, MasterCard, and American Express saying, okay, because we're allowing all these companies to use credit cards, we're going to create these minimum security standards. In this case, a private, um, this was private organizations that came together, but I could see this happening on kind of a government uh, side as well. And then on, on the, you know, so we talked, you talked about the consumer side. So on the business side, you know, let's say for a, a small business or even a, a small accounting firm, uh, what are some best practices or, or again, security hygiene and basics that they as, as a small organization should look at uh, embracing or implementing? That's a really good question. So what I like to suggest is there is, when people say best practices, um, stuff like that, it's the best way is to follow a security framework uh, because a security framework is basically a collection of best practices laid out for you in almost like a checklist type of way of how and how you can implement it. Now, security frameworks can range, right? So there's very simple ones like uh, CIS top 20 or the one that I would suggest all SMBs look at is the Canadian Cyber Secure. Um, that's a voluntary certification that Canada has actually released basically trying to help these small to medium businesses increase their cyber hygiene. So like these accounting firms, like you mentioned. Um, now, a lot of these things in these cybersecurity frameworks, especially at the uh, lower ones, like the easier ones, like the CAS top 20 uh, and the cybersecure, a lot of the stuff you can do are free. Like for example, secure your devices. Part of that is just changing uh, the default password, stuff like that. However, once you get to an enterprise level, you may have heard stuff of, you may have heard um, of, of something called NIST or something like uh, SOC 2. That's stuff that enterprises will spend lots of money and lots of different tools to follow, to get um, cert certified for those frameworks. But as an SMB, you don't need to go to that level. You can just follow something easy and a lot of it's stuff like do some security awareness training, you know, have some phishing tests, make sure everyone has a unique password, stuff like that. Now, Anthony, you have talked about organizations minimizing their cyber risk as they expand their digital footprint. Can you talk a little bit about uh, digital transformation and the role of cybersecurity in that? I think it's, it's, it can be a good thing and a bad thing um, because with digital transformation, 
it really depends on your expertise, right? If you are going and you say you have already, uh, you know, a good supply chain, good process, and you move, and you don't know anything about um, computers, and you try to move to a digital world, there's a good chance that you'll be doing a lot of things insecurely by accident. However, if you are, you know, like an on-prem environment, uh, you already have some kind of IT department, uh, or in not an IT department, even an IT person. These days, it's it's super. It's as easy as it's ever been to actually increase your cyber hygiene and um, get kind of move more towards digital. And what I what I mean by that is more towards kind of a cloud. Uh, it's these days, it's very easy to move your papers into a database kind of stuff. You can scan it. It's if you have the expertise or if you're willing to learn, it's very, it's as easy as it's ever been. Oh, that's awesome. Anthony, you mentioned a really interesting point there about, about the cloud, you know, and, you know, um, we see organizations, small businesses, you know, just sending all their systems and, and data into the cloud. And many, many of them just sort of saying, well, it's in the cloud. I don't need to worry about it anymore. Uh, how important is that understand, uh, understanding the concept of shared responsibility that just because it's in the cloud doesn't mean that you still don't, you aren't responsible for a portion of its uh, security. I wonder if you can enlighten us in terms of, again, maybe what shared responsibility means. When you, so this is actually especially um, important when for us specifically because we're a public body. So um, I mentioned that before. What does that mean? Uh, in BC, public bodies need to avoid, abide by something called FOIPA. And in one sentence, let's just say that that means all our data needs to stay within Canada because we don't trust other countries to have our data because they can take our data, right? So uh, part of that, uh, if that shared responsibility model, say we go to some cloud company in the States, it's our responsibility to make sure that that data does not get accessed by anybody else, right? Um, if that gets accessed by the government or something, that's not the uh, US company's fault, that's our fault because we allowed that um, to go to the states. That's from a kind of FOIPA point of view. So from the uh, kind of consumer point of view, say you use something uh, like a cloud service uh, like Dropbox or something. If they get, um, it's up to you to make sure that they have the proper security controls, right? Because if they do get hacked and that data gets stolen, it is up to you in the court of law to prove that you've done your best to make sure that data is safe. So for example, if you're using cloud service, you want to make sure that that's a legitimate cloud service like Dropbox and not Tom and Jerry's basement, uh, right? You want to make sure that that data is being encrypted uh, versus you want to make sure that they actually tell you that that data is encrypted versus uh, just um, hope that it is, right? A lot of times uh, what, what we actually do is we send questionnaires to companies that we want to use um, to with all these common questions to make sure that we can say, yes, we've assessed them and we believe that their security maturity is at least on our level or higher. So when I look at your organization, this is my take on it is that you're looking after accountants and accounting firms and then the, the interests of the general public, effectively the clients of these accounting firms. 
Now, I think about all of the precious sensitive information that's circulating within the networks of these accountants or uh, accounting firms or even law firms for that matter. So why does cybersecurity matter for uh, a, um, an accounting firm in your opinion? Why, what, what is the value of cybersecurity for an accounting firm? Well, it, there's a few ways to look at it um, from a business point of view and a consumer point of view. Let's start with the consumer point of view. From a consumer point of view, you there's so much documents that go through the internet that you may not even know, um, right? So you send your, you everyone has, or not everyone, but a lot of people have an accountant, right? And your accountant has a lot of your sensitive information. So if your accountant's cybersecurity isn't very good, that indirectly or it could even be directly affect, it, it'll affect you, right? You can be as secure as possible on your side, but you know, if you're a lawyer, your accountant, if anybody else uh, doesn't have the right cybersecurity controls in place, there's only so much you can do, right? It's uh, kind of like the weakest link type of thing. Uh, from a business point of view, you do not want to be the accountants that got hacked, right? Because they're going to go and, you know, if I see my accountant got hacked, next year I'm going to go to the next accountant that didn't get hacked, right? The one that's going to say that I actually do take care of your security. Yeah. And we've actually seen an increase of, you know, these professional organizations uh, not allowing uh, sending, uh, you know, they're sending password protected documents, not trying not to send it over email. And a lot of times uh, it's actually the users that will send that document over email first. So, Anthony, in your perspective, you, you alluded to it there, and this was going to be my follow up question of the accounting firms and professionals that you see here and across Canada and, and maybe beyond, how would you say that they are doing overall in the aggregate? Are they, are they doing well? Is there a little bit of room for improvement or is there a, a, a lot of room for improvement in your opinion? I mean, I can't speak for all of Canada, but I can speak for BC and what I can say is there's a lot of interest. Like when we do these cybersecurity things, there's a lot of accountants that are very interested in learning. And I believe that it's simply um, about giving them the knowledge because the type of questions they ask, the type of stuff that they do, a lot of times, you know, if I tell somebody or tell these accountants about a password manager, some of them, not all accountants, but some of them will go and listen to this advice and go implement it right away and then send the thank you saying let's that's great i didn't know i heard about this but i didn't know exactly why so a big part of i think what i like what i can actually speak upon is i can see that a lot of these um, people are interested in cybersecurity. and for example um our cpa summit last year well we didn't have a summit, it was canceled, but last year we actually were partnering with ISACA Vancouver to create a cybersecurity track for you know our big CPA summit. And that had a lot of uh, um, interest until it was canceled. So maybe next year. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's very encouraging. It sounds like the, at least the level of, level of interest and engagement there, it seems very high. But overall, in the big picture, um, you know, having assessed their risks or built mature cybersecurity programs, we're not quite uh, that far along that track. But there is definitely a plan to to move things in that direction. Well, I can tell you from the CPABC side, we don't actually go and 
create these programs for these accountants. We just accredit them. So we work with the School of Business to make sure, and once they become CPAs, we make sure they follow ethic, the, the ethic laws and stuff like that. Uh, the cybersecurity is just stuff that, you know, one of our main pillars is to protect. And hmm. we, because we don't actually do cybersecurity for them, what we're trying to do is teach them uh, or give them enough resources so that they can at least kind of dip their foot in the water and then they can go and take it from there. Very good. Anthony, this has been such an amazing conversation. We, we, Christian, I genuinely appreciate your 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 insights and your and your wisdom in, in this space, and um, open the uh, open invitation to, to to come back anytime. Genuinely appreciate your time today. Thank you very much, Dominic, and I really appreciate the opportunity to speak on your podcast. I've been a big fan for quite a while, so it's good to finally have <laughs> you we, on. We, it's always good to have, have our, our amazing supporters on. So, Anthony, thank you so much. And uh, Krish and I will be right back momentarily to wrap up today's episode. That was a really interesting conversation with Anthony. You know, he, he, he's uh, very, very um, um, intelligent, has really great wisdom in, in, in the short few years he's been in the cybersecurity field. Uh, but uh, I, I know, uh, I speak for both of us, that we really enjoyed the conversation with him. Um, Definitely. Christian, what, what was uh, what, one of your key takeaways from, from what Anthony had to say today? Well, I was really encouraged by what he said, actually, when he was talking about how their organization, one of their key pillars is protect. And that always resonates with me. I'm so glad to hear that it's such a priority for them and therefore they have someone in, in his role. And really it's encouraging to see that there is a greater level of awareness among their members, among the uh, accounting firms that uh, effectively they serve. And in turn, the, the customers, the clients of those accounting firms are gonna benefit from better cybersecurity protections around their sensitive information. Yeah, yeah. What a great takeaway, you know. And uh, I, I really, really liked how Anthony was really talking again about those concrete steps. To your point there about what they're doing to do to help to protect uh, their, their their member uh, organizations, their their member businesses. You know, I think it's it's really, really important uh, to be able to be a great communicator. I think uh, Anthony is a true. A terrific bridge there for the CPA community, particularly in, in BC, uh, to not just be coming at it from a technical side, but really uh, providing very pragmatic guidance uh, and actionable security advice uh, to CPAs right across the province. So that was that was very encouraging, you know, to, to, to see that and to, to speak with him. Not only that, but he looks great on camera, and he chose the perfect color <laughs> shirt to go with the color scheme of our show. So I think he was uh, dialed in on multiple levels there. Absolutely, yeah. his dashing young looks brought the much-needed uh, um, youthfulness to our two tired, uh, old, that's weathered it. faces. So it was, it was nice to have it a nice splash of, of youth. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, um, but uh, we're very grateful for for Anthony for for joining us today, and and obviously as always, we're always appreciative of our loyal listeners and viewers who tune in uh, every week to spend time of their uh, week with us. Uh, please do uh, be sure to check out previous Cybersecurity Matters uh, podcast episodes on our YouTube page, uh, as well as on the Conversations That Matter uh, YouTube page for other uh, sister uh, podcasts that fly under that banner. Uh, but until next time, be well, be safe, and we will catch you next time on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching.